Back to the beat. Bulls beat continues with Derek Sharp. Day one of the Paradise Jam with two sets of four teams did not feature any close matchups. And for the Bulls' sake, that meant a 61-32 win against High Point. Highlights coming up. And, oh, man, the next two opponents for the Bulls followed us. And Texas looked pretty scary against Arizona State. Arizona State is the team that the Bulls will face next. We'll tell you about them and the Longhorns after we give you some highlights. None from the first quarter, as unfortunately the offense picked up where it left off in that hang-on-by-the-skin-of-their-teeth win against UNF on Sunday, where at one point they missed 15th straight. Well, in this game, just two makes in the first quarter. Fortunately, both the three-pointers, while High Point itself was going two for 14. And if you listen back to the replay, I apologize because I tried my hardest to get a pronunciation guide for High Point. It wasn't in their normal notes. I got it given to me right as we were going on the air. And not included in their pronunciation was their top player, B-E-V-I-S. Lauren, how would you pronounce B-E-V-I-S? I went with Beavis. There's a Lauren Beavis on the South Florida softball team. It's Bevis. We had it right for the second half. She probably didn't want her actual name being pronounced as her team struggled in the first half to a 4 for 24. She was averaging 19 points a game, was held to 12. Nakia Terrell was their second leading scorer, and she did not score in this game. So the Bulls really had the defense going. Ariel Wilson was all over Miss Bevis. And the offense started to come to the party in the second quarter. Oh, that's a nice find by Maria to Carla Brito. Great to see her finish confidently. Flip it up and in and makes it 18-9. Boy, if Brito can just get back to scoring with ease. 10 on the shot. Brito, yeah, she's got it going on right now. Back to Emma. Step back long, too. And a dandy. Gives a little left fist pump. Knocks it down for a 20-9 lead. Alvarez wants to drive in. Lane, Asensio's wide open for three. Looks good, it is. Marina Asensio, wonderful to see her sink one. She has been off to a very slow offensive start this year. Was just one of 10 on threes with six total points. And that makes it 23 to 12. Asensio with 140 to go in the half. Takes Terrell to town, but flips it out to Brito. Extra pass to Maria in the left corner. Eight on the shot, bounce to Brito, far from the hoop. Drifts to Emma, she's gonna try and take and puts it up off the glass, no good, but Brito wins it to herself and lays it up and in. Carla Brito has been tremendous. And the Bulls have their largest lead at 27 to 12. 29-13 was the halftime score, and then the Bulls decided to put on a show in the third quarter. Romy Levy, who had gotten replaced by Alvarez midway through the first and did not come back off the bench, got it going. And then, boy, did the play start coming hot and heavy midway through the third. Levy back out there. She started the game for the Bulls. She wants to get it going right away. And how about that? Romy Levy had that bottled up inside after seeing the bench from the middle of the first quarter on. And she makes it 31-13. Reno runs a break. Looking for a cut by Blasic. There it is. That's got to go down. And it does. Reno was just giving her the head nod like, go in, go in, cut to the hoop. And she did. And that was an easy assist and a timeout on the other side. Great start to the second half for the Bulls. They lead it 35 to 15. There's Brito out to Johansson. It's a beautiful pass and the shot no good. Brito might have pushed off, but gets the rebound, wants to go reverse with it, misses. But Emma's turn to get the board and put it up and in. The Bulls are just killing the Panthers on the glass. It's 37 to 15. Oh, Brito, no look to Levy. Tried to whip it underneath. Emma and one! 
and that was beautiful. Great to see some fancy ball handling there from the Bulls when they are popping like this. Watch that playback a few times, and if you go to the USF Women's Basketball Twitter X page, you can see three different videos, and that's the third one. Watch that. That play sort of cemented the fact that the Bulls were going to be winning. Johansson made it 40-15 to with the three-point play. Then Vicky Blasig, who, believe it or not, was the Bulls' leading scorer and did not score in the first half, hit a three. She actually fouled out in the third quarter. So the Bulls win 61-32 to with Blasig, who has been their leader, being held to just six points. I'd say that's a pretty good sign. Leading the way was Johansson. Now, she did tweak her ankle and had to leave the game in the third quarter, but she actually went on with ESPN Plus after the game and said she's good, she's good. And so we expect her to be back tonight. She had seven rebounds, so did Carla Brito, who was headed to an easy double-double, but did not play the last 15 minutes or so. They did not need her out there. Again, three games in three days, and you're up by 25. You sit most of your starters if you can. Brito finished with nine points and seven rebounds. Actually, it turned out that the Bulls' top two scores were their two centers, both in double figures with Aveline Litcha-Shipholt doing her damage at the free throw line. Still having challenges finishing around the rim, but she'll get there. She was two for six from the floor, but seven for ten on free throws and scored 11 points. Bulls got nice contributions from plenty players. Alvarez with seven points, Asensio with five. You heard Levy chipping in as well with four points and five rebounds. The Bulls outboarded high point 52 to 27. They just do not have post players on that team and they went nine for 46 from the floor less than 20 percent lauren bevis was their only starter who hit a bucket and i was not possessed to do any of this while we were on the air but i decided to go back in the high point record books and see if that was the lowest point they'd ever been at as far as points go uh last time they were held to 32 was in 2002 against wake forest I think Arizona State will be a tougher opponent. The Sun Devils found the going very difficult last night against Texas, but man, is Texas good. That is going to be a big challenge for the Bulls on Saturday. But first, Arizona State, chance to get a second win, and they lost to Texas last night 84-42. to None of the games were close on Thursday, including NC State hammering Kentucky on the other half of the bracket. It's not a bracket, actually. It's just two groups of four teams all playing just the other teams in their group, so three games. And Colorado ranked third in the country to defeat Cincinnati. Let me tell you, if you can get time carved out on a Saturday, I know there's a lot of college football, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, whatever, on a Saturday afternoon, but NC State and Colorado is going to be a battle. And the Bulls got to watch NC State in person. Remember, the Wolfpack come to the Yingling Center on December the 16th. The Bulls actually have two home games between now and then, but... Mark that one down on your calendar. Anyway, Arizona State had a 1-15 year in the Pac-12 last season, 8-20 overall, and they lost their top score to injury in October this year. So that was a big blow for them. Of course, the Bulls lost their leading returning score, and we still, with Sammy Puisas on the trip, expect her to get on the court at some point. But Ty Skinner is out for the year. She averaged 19 points a game, and she was a great three-point shooter. They do not have any three-point shooters. They were losing from the get-go against Texas last night and yet only attempted three three-pointers and did not make one. They are 27 for 90. That's in six games on three-point shots. Now, they do attempt, what that's 15 a game, but they just sort of gave up on that part of it, so we'll keep an eye on that tonight. They do have a handful of players all averaging between around 7.5 and 13 points, led by 
Jaden Simmons. They like to get to the free throw line. They have 30 more attempts than their opponents. That's top 25 in the country, and they are a physical team, so the Bulls will have to be ready for that brand of basketball tonight. 5.30 pregame, 5.45 airtime, and then tomorrow, Texas, well, the Longhorns are undefeated. Incidentally, ASU is 4-2. and two. Started off with three home wins, and they got big first-half leads and kind of coasted against UTSA, Montana State, and San Francisco. Then they went to Grambling, a team that the Bulls had just beaten, and lost. They actually were down 17, came back to tie it, only to have Grambling hit a three at the buzzer. So I think the Bulls should be able to handle Arizona State. We'll find out all together on the air. Then again, I thought that the men's basketball team should have been able to handle Maine on Wednesday night and thought wrong. And for a second time this year, the other was in their other loss to Central Michigan. The Bulls just could not hit their outside shots. And plenty of effort. You look at some of the stats like turnovers. They only turned it over 11 times. Offensive rebounds, 15 for the Bulls, 5 for Maine. But unfortunately, that was a lot of misses from deep in particular, 2 for 20. They also struggled at the free throw line. We'll get there when we get to the second half highlights. But as promised here on the podcast page, extended highlights from the game, and there certainly were some positive moments as the Bulls fell behind quickly, and that was something that Amir Abdurrahim, you'll hear him, didn't like, but at least they had an answer, in the first half anyway, as called by Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston Wednesday night on Bulls Unlimited. Maine will be in their baby blue with white and navy trim, and of course, South Florida in the uniforms we were talking about in the pregame, they're gold, trimmed in white and green, but have a script Tampa Bay on the chest, and this is a brand spanking new look for the Bulls. Yeah, I love the concept behind it to embrace the Tampa Bay area, to bring home the the idea that USF is Tampa Bay's team. Tipped out to Kobe Knox. He's got a run out, goes behind the back, reverse layup, and rolled it in. What a play by Kobe Knox. Goodness gracious, Holy what a move. Pryor, who's in the game for the Bulls, he's going to go right to the basket over. Cissé rolled oh it in. Cason Pryor made his mind up. He was going to the basket around midcourt, and there's a foul underneath on Cissé and an opportunity for a three-point play. My goodness, there's nothing like six-foot ten Cason Pryor deciding he's going coast to coast, and he did just that. Stroud gets a hand on it, but can't come up with it. Youngblood has a hand on it, loose in the paint. Boy, he's swinging elbows to get free, and then he lays it in and drew the foul. He's just the toughest guy in the room, Joey. That's just the plain truth about Chris Youngblood. Yep, that's that's his whole persona. You can tell it when you're talking to him. He's a a confident, strapping young lad who uh, is very physical. They leave it off to Knox in the corner. Youngblood, quick trigger three. That one misses, and the Bulls still can't hit a three. Put back by Stroud, no good. Got the rebound, collects it off the window and in. Bulls are killing them on the glass, but it's all offensive rebounds off missed threes. Second free throw misses. Maine got the rebound, though. They kick it out on the perimeter, and they will get a reload. Five minutes to go, first half, all the way to the basket. A layup is good, and that's Filipovich again. And a foul and a chance at a three-point play. Boy, is he doing most of the heavy lifting now. Filipovich is now into double digits with 10. He's five of seven from the field. He has six rebounds. He is our early choice for MVP of this game. Wow. He'll go to the free throw line, and he makes that. He's a 92% free throw shooter on the season. And just that fast, the lead is back to nine. One hand, a pass to Stroud. He's going to snake his way to the basket. Now he kicks it back out. Cross court, into the corner it goes. Youngblood sets his feet, fires for three. There's the first triple of the game in seven tries for the green and goal, and a big one for Chris Youngblood. Ten to go on the shot clock. Knox to the high post, Walker. 
Looking for help, puts it on the floor, stops, now puts up jump hook right hand. Corey Walker, he was surrounded by baby blue uniforms and he put it up over all of them. Well, as we've seen, Corey Walker has a lot of choices in his offensive arsenal, almost too many choices. That time, really nice, sweet move underneath the basket. Billy Povich gets to the basket, shot didn't go, tipped on the rebound by Maine, no good. Here's Reed, one-handed pass to Selton Miguel. He puts the ball on the floor and then elevates and lays it over the rim, and the Bulls with back-to-back -back buckets. It's 29-27, two minutes left to go in the first half, and another run by South Florida of 7-0. Yep, could this be the run? where USF takes command of this game. They certainly came out of that timeout brimming with confidence. Povich, now they go to the high post. They kick it back out on the perimeter. Philly Povich for a three, that's not his shot, and he missed it badly. Rebound, though, by Maine. Quick pass inside. Nanovich got his shot blocked and then lost it out of bounds. Who got it up high? It was Corey Walker with another block at the center position, and that's his third of the year. Corey Walker doing it on both sides of the court now finding his offense, and he is a deceptively good shot blocker on defense. Now the Bulls can tie or take the lead. Maine leads at 29-27, about 1.30 to go before halftime. 7-0 run by South Florida. Here's Pryor with it, gets it to Kobe Knox as they look at that zone. Selton Miguel, bounce pass to Reed. Now back to Selton, they play off him a little bit. He'll take the three, way too strong. Put back, Kobe Knox comes in on the left wing for the stick back and it is tied at 29. Kobe Knox has been described as the Swiss Army knife by Coach Amir, and he is a guy that can help you in a lot of ways that time. Right place, right time, stick back, and we have a tied game. Seemed like they had taken Maine's best shot there, and even though you want to be ahead at halftime, you were certainly happy with just being behind by two considering how it went. But Maine scores the first seven points of the second half, and immediately the Bulls are in climb back mode. They would fall behind as much as 13. Got to mention there, guard Deshante Wright-McLeish. Now he's doing some career-type stuff. He had never averaged more than 8 points. He's averaging more than 10.5. He is 17 for 30 on three-pointers. That's 56%. This was his third game hitting four threes. So it's not like, who is this guy starting to make threes? He'd been there. But Filipovic underneath had never scored more than 17 in his two-plus years at Maine and the Bulls could not contain him. He went for 23, and you will hear a key sequence in our second half highlights, a stretch where the Bulls, again, at one point down 13, had an absolute chippy to cut it to seven with more than six minutes to go still, and instead they miss. Filipovich doesn't miss, and I think Jim and Joey do a good job of summing up a disappointing second half here where the Bulls were just one for nine on threes. The other team shot 57%, and you got to say it, a disappointing loss you will hear Amir Abdurrahim right after these second-half highlights. Shot clock down to seven. Filipovich runs into Selt Miguel, reverses direction, still can't get free, turns and fires and hits that. Wow, that is your night when you turn and make that shot. He's got 18. 44-36. There's Miguel again. He throws up a runner. That's a wild shot that misses. He's going to come out and a rebound by Maine. Cross-court pass. They're going to stop and pop from three. That's good. And who else? Wright McLeish knocks down the triple. 14 minutes to go in the game. Spin move against Pryor to the basket. Reverse layup is good. They are making everything. They're shooting 83% from the floor in the second half. On the perimeter, Black Bears with it. USF and a man-to-man. -man. Pryor took this ball away. Goes behind the back in the open court. A 6-10 pass to Youngblood. Layup is good. Pryor with the steal, the behind-the-back layup, and the assist. Bulls are back within 
single digits, and maybe that play will provide a bit of a spark as Pryor has uh, come in and brought some energy to the lineup. Youngblood took it away, goes to the floor to get it, and now he gets it out to Sam Hines. What a defensive play. Here's Placer, now to Hines. He's going to go to the basket. He oh. tried to dunk it with one hand and a foul, and Sam Hines took off from yeah. midway down the lane, and he went to the heavens. Probably ill-advised. Unfortunately, one more step needed. Yep. Missed, so he missed both, both free, free throws. throws. So negate all of that yep. look great talk. That's that's a bad possession. 49-40. Corner three by Chris Youngblood, and he gets it to go on the assist from Jaden Reed. Second make from distance for the Wolves, and what a big one that one is. 53-45. Scoreboard wrong again. Youngblood now with 14 points. Pryor guarding Cisse, who gives it up to Tynes on the perimeter. He pulls up, high arcing jump shot. That's good. Joey, they're, I'm telling you, they're taking shots that they wouldn't normally take because they're that hot. Their confidence is that hot. Rebound, Corey Walker, outlet to Reed. Here he comes, bounce pass to Stroud, and he oh. missed the layup. The, right, the lefty had it on the right side and had an easy layup, and he didn't even hit the rim. And Stroud is struggling around the basket. That was a beautiful run out and pass by Jaden Reed, and Stroud had a bunny, and he missed it. In the corner goes Filipovic into the paint, lowers his shoulder, left-handed layup, good. He goes right to the basket. Bulls are down 11. On behalf of myself, my team, our program, um, I apologize to our fans, our, our, our campus, my AD, my president, because for us to play the way we played tonight, and it's an embarrassment. It's, it's not, we weren't, it seemed like we were very grateful for the opportunity we had to compete because our, our, our competitiveness, it didn't seem to be on display. Um, you know, you would have thought we were the team coming in here off two losses, and they were the team coming in here off a, off a big win. We, we got to be better. We, we have a false sense of who we are right now. No, when I say a false sense of who we are, we don't do a very good job of handling success, right? Um, right now, and this is no knock, I, I hate even sound, because I've been that other coach, and hats off to, to, to Coach Mark Wood in, in Maine, because they came in here and they played a great game. But for whatever reason, we, we play down almost to, a, to like the other team's record, or we play down to the name on the other team's jersey. And we're not we're not at that place as a program yet and I don't ever want to be in that place even even when we even when we have the the the, the experience under our belt that we'll have we're going to respect the game um, and we're going to respect and respecting the game is respecting your opponent no matter who you play you know it it's still about us we got our identity it sways way too much um, and and that goes into leadership and but again, I'm, I'm not pointing no fingers. I'm gonna take 100% ownership on it. It's my program and we'll grow, get better from it. I thought uh, Quezon's energy in the first half, especially had two, two big steals there, double-double, first uh, double-figure rebounding effort from a, from a single player this season from this team. Just, I thought kind of maybe on an otherwise uncompetitive night from guys, he stood out. I mean, I, with all due respect, that's that's your assessment. Um, if you're only going to compete for 30, 30 to 35 minutes at a game, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. You're not winning the game. 
Now, as disappointed as he was, you could tell he didn't even want to field a somewhat positive-leaning couple of questions from the press. Coach was posting pictures of him serving up plenty of his players for Thanksgiving dinner, keeping it all in perspective, but looking to get back next week. And it's going to be tough. They go to Hofstra Thursday, then UMass, then Florida State in Sunrise before coming back home. Definitely wanted to include some highlights of Case and Pryor, 12 points and 12 rebounds. And Chris Youngblood, 17 points, just a big-time hustle player. But Jose Placer off his 21 points in the win against Northern Iowa. Shut out Jaden Reed. Did have seven points and five assists. But the Bulls simply put a little inconsistent right now. And I'm going to guess their effort next time out against Hofstra is a little bit stronger. Hey, we will be back on the air tonight with women's basketball, 5.30 pregame, Bulls against Arizona State. And just a programming note for Saturday night, the Bulls will be playing at the same time against Texas as, of course, the football team is playing. So our basketball game will go on the air at 7.45 Tampa time. We'll be on the Strike 102.5 HD2. Believe me, we'll put out plenty of links to that so you know where to get the audio. Of course, on Bulls Unlimited, Jim Lighthall, Joey Johnston, with my voice maybe dropping into the first hour of the pregame like a ghost from afar or in the Virgin Islands. But mostly, Jim, Joey, I really appreciate those guys, and Jim Lauk, who does the coordinator interviews this week, really stepping up and doing a lot more. Kind of feel bad for leaving them like that, but okay, I'm in the Virgin Islands. I don't feel that bad, and hopefully we'll be back on the air for one more football broadcast altogether again. But football will start with the 5.30 pregame on Saturday night, and again, I will be on the air just on a different frequency on 102.5 HD2. Okay, I'm going to go say hi to some chickens and some iguanas. Don't believe me, check out my social media. I'm sure I'll have more of the wildlife that knows where to hang out here in Paradise in the Virgin Islands. We'll be on the air tonight with women's basketball and Saturday night as well. Thanks for dropping by the podcast page to check out Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.